overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony. Your, your, your words are a breakthrough. Your words are, 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 are stronghold breaking and powerful and loosing the, the very strength of God. The other thing the Lord had put up on my heart uh, to speak is in, and pray over you is that, that, that you are in, you're fully love, you fully give love. I, just a sense of, uh, of feeling that there's some condemnation that, that, that you don't, that maybe in here you don't know how to express your love and you don't know how to really show your love even to people that you love dearly but you don't know how to show it. And I, I just want to pray over you and let, just let you know that God sees you and wants you to be encouraged that if you wouldn't feel that way if you didn't really have love. So it's there. And God wants you to know that you are blessed and that, that, that very power of God for you to be, to show that, that affection, he's going to move through you and move upon you right now. That you don't, it's not that you love less. Is this your way that how God's going to move through you to show you how to share that love with others. Sharing it is a way of a ministry, a prophecy, even though you feel like, I know I'm just, I'm just speaking from my heart, there was times I felt like Pastor Rita loved me more than I loved her, and God said that is absolutely not true. So I want you to be delivered from that mindset that I had, that I had to get breakthrough from. And God says you love, your love is strong, your love is powerful. And I'm going to show you how to demonstrate it. I'm going to show you how to show it uh, in a loving way. And I want you to be encouraged. And Father, we just thank you tonight for that. We just praise you, Lord God, as you are loosening us to be a blessing to everyone around us, including ourselves and including to you, that you are a Father which art in heaven. And Father God, we thank you for the name of Jesus that's above every name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, we want to pray over you if you have any needs in your body. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I after me say this is my Bible I can do what it says I can do I can be what it says I can be and I am what the word says I am it's the living seed of God living in me and I'll never be the same never 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 will I be the same God increase pastor decrease give me ears to hear what God has to say I'm gonna walk with power and not let the loss get left. Amen. Amen. I believe y'all were with me in that. Whether you were or not, I'm going to take you with me. Amen. Amen. So you, uh, we, we uh, had this cool thing where, where y'all were really receptive on Sunday about, you know, the clearing of your hearts for forgiveness and, 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 you know, how, you know, how God tells us that I really, I know who you really are on how you treat your enemies right not how you treat those who already bless you you know how you treat those who are not as respectful to you that's who that was really defines your uh christianity as we say your character is who you are how you act when nobody's looking 
that's the real you. And so we, we are, are here in that place. So tonight, I want to talk to you guys about clear grounds. And I think we have to clear the grounds that what we're standing on. And we have to clear those grounds out so God can really produce his growth. Right? Anytime we have stuff still left on the ground, uh, the past or all those things, you know, we, we do that in our, in, our, in our marriage class of, uh, you know, they said that when Pastor Reed and I, we got married and the, one of the things we read in the book, which I didn't disagree with, I don't agree with everybody's stuff in the book because everybody ain't us, but the person said, when y'all get married, your 25 years of history is going to come with her 25 years of history and y'all going to have 50 years of history. Well, first of all, you got to deny my salvation if you do that. Because then you have to start from there, which you do not know. And by the way, I'm bringing on a whole new deal when it comes to marriage is that I'm coming on clear ground. She's coming on clear ground. We're going to plant with Jesus from here on out. And, and so you, you have to kind of come to that place because if you bring history in, that means you're going to have to bring history up. Right? If history comes in, that means you're going to be growing history. You don't need to be growing history. You need to be growing your future together and not the past. Amen? Uh, a miracles workshop is clear grounds. So miracles workshop. God loves clear grounds. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 4 through 9. Uh, and this, by the way, this message came to me uh, yesterday on the flight home, especially when we hit some turbulence. It's amazing how Jesus can speak to you when the plane is shaking and people get real holy on the plane. And I just look out the window and I do something kind of morbid and go, well, you know, well, at least people will be able to catch it on the news and, you know, hear about me and how I died and, and, and like that. And so that's, I know, I know, look at y'all so judgmental. I didn't say I'm telling that's what you should be doing. I just said that's what went through my head was like, well, you know, they'll catch it. You know, they knew I was flying back and, you know, and, you know, what, what people say. Anyway, this was what came to me where God says, clear your grounds. And I thought, yes, Jesus, whatever I've done wrong, I repent right now because the plane is shaking. Whatever is wrong, let's, let's make sure I haven't. I thought that's what you mean. No, that's the sermon, silly. Clear grounds. Clear ground. You guys realize you're starting fresh and new. You're going to grow God's stuff. Amen? Grow God's stuff. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 4 through 9, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Uh, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and, worth, and, for, and forwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundred, some thirty some 60 fold some 30 and 30 fold who hath ears to hear let them hear so father i pray that i give your word your season your things that's due to your people in jesus name amen amen so it's about the production of that thing and if you read that verse that's the sower's word and about where you sow your seed is really vital right there's a there's a, there's a verse in the bible said that don't lay your pearls before swine you know, and it's just something, you know, if the enemy can find something to divide you with somebody over, that thing is certainly going to come up. You know, we can do that. And I don't care about your political beliefs. I've actually asked people to leave the church if they're going to talk about politics more than reaching people for Jesus. All right. And so a lot of times folks get in that and they will divide. They will quit talking to you about something that you disagree with them on. And what I would say is make sure you keep your ground clear so God can grow it. 
right? Because the minute you let them rocks get on your land, you're not going to be able to grow what God needs to grow. And you got to make sure it stays clear. You got, and this is one of those, those, those prime examples of some seeds produce 30, some 60, or 100 for return. But the main ingredient that made the increase possible was, was the good ground, right? When it talks about the other ground, you're trying to grow something around things that are not godly. They're going to ultimately choke out the godly part. If you look at those first set of verses, it was like stony ground or they, the thing, the thorns choked it. And then you're trying to grow it on grounds that it's, I'm going to keep this and try to grow God in it. Right? And that's not the way it is. Just go ahead and let God clear the ground so he can grow godly things for you to eat. And godly, godly things for you to live. You have to clear the rocks out. You have to clear those things in order so you can have a place to land more than anything else. That's one thing, the reason why the ground needs to be clear. So you have a place to land. A lot of times we want to stack up. If you're a planner, if you're one of those people who like long-range planning, you're going to struggle in your faith with God because God doesn't let you have a year, year long of, uh, he, don't, he don't give you years, uh, a year-long blessing so you don't have to believe him for the rest of the year. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Now, a lot of folks want their yearly bread so they don't have to depend on God tomorrow. Right? And so he keeps you in that daily bread so you can depend on it's not that he doesn't love you but we need to make sure that who we who's our resource who are we depending on who we're leaning on right and it's him that we're leaning on so a good ground is cleared or empty ground that can only glorify god when there is growth only god can be glorified because this had nothing on it so god you're the only one that brought growth to me you're the only one because there was nothing else there i made sure everything was removed everything was gone so there's growth y'all know how after the 21 day fast and uh, I'm, I'm trusting that you guys all do it so i'm just going to talk to you like you obey the 21 day fast because when it's time to eat oh my gosh is your ground clear everything tastes the, have y'all watched folks during communion time during the fast, oh my gosh, the, 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 the smacks after the juice is unreal. It's, whew, it's the best. You know, like, it's just a little cup. And I think folks just go to different churches just to take communion so they don't break the fast. They drink a gallon of juice that week. But one of the things, what happens with your palate is it becomes clear ground and things become more receptive. Things you wouldn't eat when sugar is on your palate. What they tell y'all about babies, don't give them anything sweet because they won't ever eat the other stuff. It'll be a struggle. They say you mess around and let a baby get a hold of banana, done. You have to feed them chocolate just to get them to look at you again. And so one of the things that we have to do is we have to come out of that sweet thing where we've got so much on our grounds or that sweet place where we like to feel good or feel comfortable and get the ground cleared so we can enjoy what it really means that Jesus, just because you woke me up, that tastes good today. I taste and see that the Lord is good. I, I want to see that, that God has a presence for me. So it is clear it is that empty ground, it's that new palate. The ground that has the best foundation will produce the best results. And the best foundations are when I'm down to nothing, God is all I want to be up to. Right? It's, it's clear grounds. It's, it's, it's clear 
it's that clear thinking. It's the clear thing. God, clear my mind. How many of y'all ever need God to clear your mind? Because if you pile up, you want to pile scripture on top of your emotions, you can have church and then leave it and then it'll go out there and get choked right out. Right? I, I say, so God, I need my mind. You have to enter into church. We tell our kids about worship and about getting there because it clears your mind so that you can actually let the stuff give a place to land on it. Right? And so you can actually be in here and so God can actually move through you. So one of the, one of the deceptions of church is that people come to church, but they come full and there's no room for what they need to get. And then they leave the way they came because there was nowhere to put it, right? Every year during the fast, y'all know what, what thing, what, what restaurant has their annual buffet during that time? Aha, all you can eat pancakes. It, it just, it seemed like everybody, even Golden Corral looks good. Everything. I know, look, you're going, uh, but go, go, go without nothing but water. Everything look good. I walked past that plant while I was running one morning praying. I was like, is that edible? It's plastic. It's not even real. <laughs> not even real. I think that there are times when we don't put the other stuff in there that really we can appreciate the word of God even more. Right? We can appreciate God. He said light be, and there was light. I want to honor God's word and honor it. I don't have to be entertained by it because it's just that good. I'm going to get it right side up. <laughs> I really don't want to be reading it upside down, right? I, I, God doesn't have to do anything miraculous that I know that I have to believe that he does miracles because me waking up is a miracle. Amen. I get you just to appreciate him. He did has, and it says that if you have ears to hear, you will hear what the Lord is saying. If you have ears to hear, here's, here's what God is saying. We, we've got this. So the, the ground that has the best foundation can produce the best results. A great foundation and a believer's best foundation is one that Jesus has full control in cultivating. Jesus cultivates the foundation. And, and God will ask us to do things and pull back in things in areas so he can keep the ground clear. And this is why forgiveness is such a big deal. Because if not, you're going to go and put that on the grounds and then expect someone to grow from the dirt of old stuff. And there's no way for you to grow anything naturally because the sun, literally S-O-N, can't hit it when it's covered in the other stuff. Have to be able to give it some sunlight. And see, the sun can't get on there when it's covered with unforgiveness and bitterness and, and the past and you're trying to keep up with everybody's stuff. No, at some point, you just have to say, here we are, God. Build me from here. Clear my grounds. I know I didn't start well, but I know you can make me well where I am. And he begins to fix that. And I love that, the, the restart of God, the grounds of God, God and, and begins to stand up. We have to let the seed of the word fall on greater soil than we are currently giving so that it can produce beyond our ability has to fall on greater soil what's what's your best soil my best soil is my availability to jesus the best soil that you can have the best thing that you can have is it's clear ground you know when there's times where people show up and remember how we got into it no man you know what let's not remember how we got into it let's remember how we can go forward 
Let's talk about how we can go forward. And it's difficult, especially in relationships. It's hard not to bring up the past. Right? It's, it's difficult. Okay? I love how, okay? For those of us who are regular humans, it's hard, right, not to bring up the past. But God says if you bring it up, you're going to have to raise it. Right? Everybody loved our children. They're cute. They came out. They're beautiful. But nobody talked about middle school. Nobody talked about why them parents were sitting on one side of the church and their kid on the other side of the church. It was middle school. They all used to sit together until middle school. And they started losing their mind. The tweens. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. I want to pick on the kids because they're not in here. I like to, I'll save that for family side. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. For he chose us in him before the foundations of the world so that, so to be holy and blameless in his presence and love. And so you really, I want to, I want to like, if you read that verse and you got it and you got the notes, man, you highlight that. So anytime something comes up in your life and, and begin to tell you, you've had this all your life, that's a lie. You existed before you were ever brought into this world. You existed before them, before your, 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 your mom became pregnant. The Bible says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb, Jeremiah 1.5. I knew you beforehand. You, you existed. And I'm trying to think of the other word that, before conception. Before conception, you existed. And that means that even if your mother, and this, I remember having to tell a kid this, he says, my mom was on crack when she had me, and that's why I'm an addict. But I said, look, fella, I know I'm not supposed to be saying this because we had a public school, but you existed before your mom had you. You are not an addict. I know there's a chemical running in there, but there's a freedom before the chemical. All right? And so, you know, and he was like, okay. I said, you can do this. You can, you, can, you can be free. It'll take some work, but you can be free. But you have to know that before you got her, God had already cleared your grounds. He, he, you were good. You were good to go. And most times we all think of our abuses. We all think of those things. That, I mean, my whole family would have been setting me up for that with that whole thing about murder and killing someone because they put me in front of so many dead bodies. And I would have believed I was born to kill people. Just because it started early doesn't mean it started before God, right? It's before the foundation of the world. So that's such a cool thing because God gives us good ground. So our greatest blessings were set up by God before an earthly ground existed, meaning that we plant on the grounds of our faith. That's where you plant. If it's before the world existed, that means you cannot see. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Plant there because God's going to grow that ground to be even greater. We plant it on the grounds. Our, we, Pastor Reed and I planted our marriage on the grounds of Christ, of saying we're going to live together and die. Uh, it's, <laughs> for some... For, <laughs> Let me make sure I say it right. For this to end, somebody has to die. 
Okay, and that means murder, not homicide and murder wasn't one of them, right? And so, so there, was a, there was a ground, there was a foundation, not because of what our relatives had done and not because of what they've been through, but because of what the word of God says. We planted our marriage on that ground, right? Plant your children on that ground. Plant yourself on that ground, right? I am not broken. I am not, I'm not dysfunctional. We are as established as we are blessed by God without the use of any man-made plans. So I have to stay with God. I have to stick with what God has said. I have to stick with what God is saying and continue to speak his word over us. He begins to bless that. He begins to take that. So grace was the ground. Was <laughs> I don't even know why I wrote the round ground. And I know y'all can't see that. But sometimes I have to admit my craziness. Grace was the ground for the hundredfold return in life called salvation. Round has no place in that. But grace was the ground. What do we get a hundredfold return on life when grace for salvation? By grace are we saved. How many of y'all are hard on yourself? Give yourself some grace. If Jesus gave it to you, can't you give it to yourself? Give God some grace. Give Jesus some grace. It's like to have some back. In Genesis, the world was without form and void, and, and God spoke it into existence. Uh, quit waiting for things to shape up before you shape up. Right? It's plant yourself in faith. Plant yourself in God. Right? We're trying to get to go to, like, once I get to this place, I'll do this. We, we hear this with people with exercise. Once I get in shape, I'll go to the gym. And they get to the gym. I can't go to the gym because I'm not in shape. Stay there. But people do that with church. You know, once I, get, once I get all this stuff out of my life, I'll go to God. It's not how it works, right? I don't want to go to church and be a hypocrite. By the way, join the club. Because if, we if we're in here, that, if you think we're all perfect in here, that's a lie. Okay, and let me point, to me, point, point them out to me who said they were. Not that I would say anything about them, but we're not. Amen? So don't use that as an excuse to stay away from God. He wants to make you better. He wants to grow you. So, so he says, done that. The spirit hovered over it, and God spoke the world into existence. We don't need to wait until we have a worldly advantage. We don't have to wait until we have a worldly advantage to move in God's provision. Our faith works with the hand of God, not with the advantage of man. So it's the hand of God, not the advantage of man. Your kid doesn't have to have the popularity of kids who are getting in trouble to be popular with Christ. But we have to make the popularity with Christ a home and everyday thing. They have to see Jesus. They have to see him and see the glory of God. And that's why the whole testimony part of what God brought me out of can help God bring them through. Right? And, and it can. We just We have to share it. In John chapter 2 and verse 6 through 9, it says, and there was, there was set, and this is Jesus at Cana, uh, the wedding at Cana, they ran, out of, they ran out of wine, and so his mother came to him and said, you know, they're out of wine. He popped off to his mom. Uh, you know, Mary had to be called by, called by God because Jesus said, it ain't, it's not my time, woman. You know, God ain't called me yet. Can you just imagine? 
Like my mom would have took me right out of the ministry right there. And, you know, it's not my time. What's this got to do with me? Can you imagine? Why are you asking me? Just boom. Like that was, the wedding was on a Saturday and then I didn't wake up to Tuesday. Like, could see the knock me out. I don't care if you Jesus or not. You better do what I say. You know, like. So it took all, everybody needed to be in place. Let me just say it that way. So he came to, she came to him and said, and then she said to the people, to the servants, do whatever he asks. And there were set, there are six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. That means two to three gallons. That's what the size of them. That's, <laughs> I love King James Bible. Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with, with water, which means they had to be what? In order to be filled with water, they had to be empty, right? Okay, but Jesus, we need wine. Put water in it, right? Okay, but, I mean, I've been telling Jesus, but God, I didn't need that. He gives you, you ask him for something, he gives you these instructions. What he's saying is put water in it. I'll turn it into what you need, but I need you to obey me. Can I get you to do that first? Right? God, I, I need more, I need more, I need more of whatever. And he gives you some instructions. What he's saying is put water in it. I can't turn it into anything because I don't have your agreement yet. And once you obey this part, that means I got your agreement. Then we can turn it into something. Have you ever had hamburger helper with no hamburger? But y'all must have been rich. Listen, we have to think meat some days. When the cheese wasn't real cheese, you know what I'm talking about? That tree, the cheese you could stick in the microwave and it still wouldn't melt. It's looking at you through the glass like, I'm still here. It wouldn't melt. <laughs> Rich folks. Preach outside. So you got to empty. Fill the water pots with water and they fill them up to the brim, right? And, and so you got to go all the way out with Jesus. That's what that's saying. Right, don't go halfway. Go all the way to the top. If he asks you to do something, go all the way. Right? Because you need to be able to taste it from the top. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servant which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Now, he said, draw it out, right? He said, draw it out. He didn't tell them to taste it. Now, they're going to the ruler of the party and going to give him a cup of water because they don't know what, because that's what they filled it up with, right? And they're taking it to him. And until we obey God fully, it's never going to turn into what we need it to turn into. And sometimes we want to taste our obedience before we go ahead and do what God wants to do with it so he can turn it in what it needs to. And it won't deliver anybody because we're too busy tasting our own obedience instead of taking it to the people that share your testimony. Ain't nothing wrong with some turbulence. Then you can hear. Shake all your stuff out. Jesus received what was empty so that he could fill them with a miracle to meet the need of everyone present at the wedding. A lot of folks want miracle. They just don't want to go through the necessities that it takes to ask for one.
Jesus doesn't, doesn't need our ability. He simply needs our, availability, our faith and availability, right? So he just needs your faith and availability. Here you go. God says, you say, hey, God, I, I want you to bless me. And he goes, hey, man, you know, go forgive that person. Okay, okay, but I need this amount. He says, go forgive that person. Go fill up their life. And then I'll turn that into what you need. It's not that I'm not, it's not that you're not being answered. It's just sometimes we don't like the way the answer comes. Right? He's answering, but it's like, uh, that ain't you. I'm not ready to release that. Amen? And so we have to do it. And so even uh, Miss Margina, we were talking about the one young lady we met at another school that, that never had speakers, but then she was already moved to another school. But the one thing, the little girl came up to me when she talked to me and she was crying. So like, I remember you when you came to the school to this foster care ranch that she was on and it was abuse for abused children. And she's like, man, I remember that. But she remembered the little boy that was by my side that wouldn't, that wouldn't leave my side. And he had been severely abused. His father would beat him with a butter knife just because he just didn't like him. He'd hit him in the head with a butter knife. His little looks looks just like this dude when he was smaller. But the, he would sit, he sat with me during the dinner time that we had or lunch time that we had, and he just was right there. And she remembered, she goes, he wouldn't go to anybody else like that. So that made an impact on her. I think just being in the right place, God will show up and do the right thing. Right? But you got to show up, right? You got to be there. You can't just suit up. You got to show up. A lot of people know how to suit up, folks. Very few know how to show up. All right. So let me go to my last one. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 9 through 10. Does this make sense to anybody? Awesome. Good. Okay. So David got these warriors, these, these, uh, these mighty men of God, mighty warriors of God. And so, uh, it's, so it's talking about a few of them. But this is next in command was Eliezer. Or Eliezer, these are things Pastor Reed and I argue over. Is it Eliezer or is it Eliezer? We have, we have long, it's Selah or Selah. You, you know, that's, you know, that's the stuff we fight about. Okay? You know, and then I just said, well, why don't you get saved and these things can come? You'll be able to pronounce them if you was right with Jesus. And she says, in order for you to, to know whether I'm right with Jesus or not, you have to quit carrying so many rocks. So anyway, it just ends in a deadlock. So next in command was Eliezer. I like Eliezer, so that's what I'm going to say. Son of Dodo. Now, that's tough. <laughs> the Ahohite. As one of the three mighty men, he went with David to taunt the Philistines who had gathered for battle and pass Damon, Damon, that's just too much. Okay, so they went to go start a fight. The people that they went to start a fight with retreated. Now, one thing I love about my twin, he would tell his friends before we go out, if you get into a fight, I'm not fighting. I will leave you. I'll go to the car. Right? And, my, and one of the guys we grew up with got into a fight, and Tony left. He said, I told you, don't be up in here fighting. I'm not going to be up here fighting. He left, and, and, and the guy got mad and was like, man, we just can't be friends. I'm like, okay. If the only way I'm going to be friends with you is to get locked up over some old dusty brother in Lubbock, I'm not doing that. Right? So anyway, they did this. They go up to start a fight with the Philistines. The Israelites retreated. They left him. But Eliezer stood his ground and struck the Philistines until his hand grew weary and stuck to his sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. 
Then the troops returned to him, but only a plunder, but only to plunder the dead. So you think about this. He stood his ground, right? And, and a lot of times it's, it's hard to stand on your faith when you're not using it, right? It's hard to stand on your belief when you don't believe or you have doubt. And then you have to get back to standing your ground so the word can stick to you. The sword stuck to him. The word is known as the sword of the spirit. So it stuck to him. How's it going to stick to you if you don't stand for it? Well, they say if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. So you got to let it, it, it stick to you by what you stand on is what you're going to stick to. So if I stand on my word and I stand on my faith and I stand in my agreement, I stand on, the, on my belief, I stand in worship, I stand in praise, it's going to stick to me. If we stand in agreement, Right? And so stand ground is great ground for God's return, right? And so we say Isaiah 55, 11, my word shall not return unto me void. It will accomplish where it is sent, right? It's sent. And so the word will accomplish where it is sent. And the word needs to be sent to cleared ground, right? That's why mercies are new every morning, right? You should get up every morning. God, if the ground ain't clear, let's clear it. Let's clear it. If I try to grow some crops in there, let's crop failure. Let's clear the grounds, right? My, my wife did not marry my daddy or my stepdaddy or my mama. I didn't marry her folks. We married the Christ likeness that Jesus brought together. That's was the ground. I ain't marry your folks. Well, I got this from, no, uh-uh. That, don't, don't go on our address. Whatever your folks did, that's. It's not us. Okay? Darker than that. Hopefully, maybe y'all need to go share this with someone. I'm all up in the wedding stuff. And that's not until Friday. God's word will not return empty. It won't return empty. However, it can return to ground that isn't clean. And there won't be any production. Okay? So it can return to you. You can hear a good word. You can be encouraged. Have you ever encouraged somebody and they still left depressed? I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> so, it, but it does not need an empty place to return and feel. Come to the table empty and be prepared to receive the meal God is serving. Right? Come to the table empty, right? I prepare a table before you in the presence of mine enemies. Have your enemies fed you? No, they empty you out. It should be, right? Your enemies should be emptying out. God, I pray for them. Bless them. You should be emptied out, blessing them and praying over them. But if you come to the table before your enemies and you're still filled with hatred and bitterness and anger, you can't eat what God is providing. Can't eat what God is serving. Come to the table empty. His miracle with the two fish and the five loaves. He told all those people, 5,000 men plus women and children. So it could have been anywhere up to 20, 25,000 people. They were hungry. And Jesus said, you tell them to sit down. And do what? They're hungry. You telling me to tell them to sit down like they're going to eat? When we don't have any food in front of them, yes, if you obey me, the rest will show up. 
Like we need to quit waiting for the table to be served and start serving at the table. And as we sit there, God will provide there. Amen? Amen. All right, you guys bow your heads. Great audience. You listen so well. No interruptions. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, Father, I just pray and, and I just thank you for each and every person here that's letting go and, and allowing their grounds to be cleared. Allowing that place that, God, I know that I've prayed and I've trusted your word and I've believed you. And, and Lord, I, I, I've not seen the results, but Lord, I, I do understand that there's parts that I've left so much on the ground and in the way that it could be choking out my blessing, choking out the fruitfulness. I've allowed uh, things to stay on the ground of my mind, my emotions, that it chokes out the encouragement and chokes out the peace. But I believe this day right now that the ground has been completely cleared and that I am receiving all that you have for me in a good ground, the 30, the 60, the hundredfold return is God, I need you to clear my ground. I cannot clear it by myself. I don't know how to do it by myself. I just need to release to you. And as I heard in your word today, you, you, before the foundations of the world, you knew me. You knew me. You know I wasn't born dysfunctional. You already had cleared my ground. You had already had me free. And Lord, I just received going back to the original state of what you call me and how you prepared me and how you love me. And that's the place that I'm in. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, you're praying. You're in here and you said, I don't know Jesus. I've never had the ground cleared from being lost to being saved. I want to be right with God as people are praying. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray over you and lift you up. Thank God we're in the house. And Father, we just thank you that as we're here, help us all, Lord, to get past those places that have set up rocks and caused the ground not to be cultivated and not to be in a place where it can grow. But I believe we're cleaning it and clearing it out by the power and authority of Jesus and that we're going to have good growth. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen. We love you guys. If you can make it out Friday.